This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Podeco Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Friday, the EPA released a proposal to tighten an air quality standard for a major type of air pollution, soot. The proposed rule takes the allowable annual average exposure limit down from 12 micrograms per cubic meter to between 9 and 10 micrograms. EPA predicted it would yield tens of billions of dollars per year in public health benefits. But the proposal, which would overturn a Trump-era decision that left the regulation unchanged, is already drawing criticism from industry, even though it fell short of environmentalists' expectations. Today we talk with Alex Guillen about why the Biden administration decided to lower the soot limits and how the current reaction may affect the finalized rule. It's Monday, January 9th. Alex, the EPA is proposing strengthening a key national air quality standard for soot. So what are some of the key details of the proposal? So under the proposal released by EPA Friday, they are proposing to reduce the annual average standard, um, which is sort of generally considered the most important, from 12 micrograms, which is what it's currently at, per cubic meter of air, down to a range of 9 to 10. And what that means is they're considering 9 or 10 or potentially something in between. And they're also taking comment on as far down as 8 micrograms, which is what environmentalists have been calling on. So I would expect to see a lot of environmental comments on this rule urging them to go down to 8. There is also a standard measured over 24 hours. Um, It's designed to protect against short-term spikes, and it's currently set at 35 micrograms. EPA is proposing to keep that as is, but they are taking comment on reducing it to as low as 25 micrograms, and that's in line with a recommendation from its panel of outside expert advisors who recommended considering that. So that is primarily what EPA is proposing. There's some other details here that would, for example, boost air monitoring in low-income and minority communities, part of an environmental justice program. But the big figure here is that they're proposing strengthening the annual average standard. Gotcha. And these rules come after the Trump administration, of course, declined to lower the soot exposure limit that was set in 2012. So why did Biden's EPA decide that was no longer sufficient? Yes. So what happened was back in 2020, the Trump EPA and Administrator Andrew Wheeler went through this lengthy process. These sort of rules are supposed to be reviewed every few years and potentially changed if called for. And he looked at all the evidence and said that there wasn't sufficient justification to lower it, meaning it wasn't clear in his opinion that research indicated that a lower standard would lead to measurable public health impacts. So then, of course, the Biden administration came in. They basically went back and looked at the same data and a little bit more updated data and came to a different conclusion. And this sort of thing can happen. These sort of rules are based on very complex science. And so uh, what happens is internal experts at EPA, external advisors who are experts in this field, put together recommendations. And frequently, they lay out different routes forward that the administrator could take. And basically, they say there's ways to justify each one. It sort of depends on what kind of science you put more emphasis on and how much uncertainty you're willing to accept when it comes to this sort of thing. So Michael Regan has looked again at all this, rebalanced it, and come to the conclusion, as EPA's internal external advisors did, that the standards should be tightened. Interesting. And as you touched on earlier, the environmentalists were pushing to go even stronger. Industry, of course, seemed to support the status quo, the way things are. 
So what can you tell us about the reaction we're seeing so far and how that might inform, if at all, EPA's issuing of a final rule expected this summer? We've already seen major industry groups, Chamber of Commerce, the American Petroleum Institute, they've all come out saying, no, no, the standard does not need to be changed. There's no evidence that doing so is necessary. And of course, a big part of the reason for that is they generally oppose tighter regulations since it would impose more regulatory burden on oftentimes industry. As for environmentalists, we've seen a huge flow of comments, basically all of them saying, it's great that you're proposing reducing the standard, but you need to go further, you need to go down to eight. And so I'm going to imagine we're going to see a lot of environmental comments on this rule that argue for why EPA should go down to eight. And it's entirely possible the final rule could go there. Um, They're explicitly asking for comment on that. If the environmentalists can make a strong enough scientific case for it, it's certainly possible we will see EPA go there in the final rule. And what exactly does this rule cover? Why is it important? What public health service would it provide? Yeah, so it covers a range of things that are called particulate matter particles. It's commonly called soot, but the range covers more than just soot in the sense of the stuff you get in your fireplace when you burn logs on Christmas Eve. So it does include that, but it includes a, a much wider variety of particles. They can come from construction sites. They can come from dirt roads. Another source, of course, is power plants, industrial facilities. It can also form when different pollutants interact in the atmosphere. Pollutants that come from cars and truck tailpipes, for example. It covers a wide variety. And there's a couple different types depending on size. So there's coarse particulate matter, which is at least 10 microns or less in size. And that's pretty small. But the one that we talk the most about is fine particulate matter, which is known in EPA lingo as PM 2.5. And that's because it's 2.5 microns or less in size. And just to give you a sense of scale, that's about 1 30th the width of a human hair. So very, very, very tiny. And the problem is when breathed in, it gets into your lungs, it gets into your respiratory system, your cardiovascular system. It contributes to thousands of premature deaths every year, increased rates of heart attack, increased rates of asthma, increased rates of all other kinds of respiratory and cardiovascular diseases. So it has pretty widespread public health effects, and EPA has calculated if they go down as far as nine micrograms, that would be, I believe, hundreds of billions of dollars annually in public health benefits. So pretty significant potential gains there based on EPA's calculations. Also on Friday, the White House Council on Environmental Quality put out updated guidance on how federal agencies should examine the climate change impacts of new infrastructure projects, government policies, and federal decisions. The CEQ interim policy takes effect immediately, giving clear parameters for how federal agencies should assess greenhouse gas emissions through the National Environmental Policy Act. Projects that will fall under the guidance range from pipelines to bridges as well as federal policy actions. The guidance encourages agencies to consider not only the direct impact policies or projects can have on greenhouse gas emissions, but also those that are indirectly results of them. That represents a reversal of Trump-era NEPA guidance, which narrowed agencies' review of major climate implications of federal decisions. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by a mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.